Hi guys, this is Carol and this is my new edition of my podcast which is Loose Lips with Carol. Yes, I managed to do my a new one because you know for ages I kept you where I didn't do any and I was a bit lazy and now I'm back on it. It is a beautiful sunny day in Kilburn which is in northwest London for anyone who's not in London or in the UK and I'm here on a Sunday the 22nd of May. This is the last day of the footballing season for all you football fans and I'm with my friend, I can call him my friend now because we got to know each other over the love of a certain football team called Manchester City. I'd like him to introduce himself, I'm not going to do that. His name is Nick. He's a lovely gentleman who supports my team and we've just watched them. And um, Nick, hello, and can you introduce yourself? Hi guys, I'm Nick and obviously a Manchester City supporter among other things. I'm, uh, I'm an older person, as you might say, but still retain my childhood enthusiasm for football in general and Manchester City in particular. Keen follower football, not only in this country, but also in continental Europe, where I come from, particularly the Italian league, where I have another favorite team. But uh, we won't go into that now. The excitement, today's excitement, is how City managed to get the one title for the season. Although it was looking grim at one time, but we did manage to score three goals where it mattered most. So I'm sitting here with Carol and we're delighted about that. We are, definitely. Now, you know what we're delighted about today, Nick and I, and um, we've literally just come from watching it in the pub, but I want to go way back, Nick. And um, you didn't mention where you're from because you're not actually from the UK. Where are you from? I come from Greece. And how did the love of Manchester City you were born and raised in Greece. How did you find well, the well, team? It's a funny thing because those days, in my childhood days, we had a big rivalry between Southern European, continental European football and Northern European football. And being a Southern European, I obviously supported Southern European teams. Okay. I didn't particularly like the idea of Real Madrid because of the politics in Spain at the time. Yep. But when it came to Manchester United and their rivalry with Real Madrid, well, I was a bit divided because I didn't like the idea of Real, but I didn't like the idea of Northern Europe either. Then I discovered there was another team in Manchester, rather more lowly, rather neglected yep and that's when i decided to follow them and what year how long ago was that what year was that oh that was uh 60 60 plus years ago oh my gosh and then i had no idea i was going to end up in the uk i came here as a student and stayed like many of us have yeah and uh well that consolidated my support for manchester city who coincidentally uh won their first championship title in many years in the year 1968 when I finished my degree. Wow. And who could you, I mean, can you remember who who was the manager at that time? 
The manager was a certain Joe Mercer ah. and Malcolm Allison, the famous partnership. Yeah. And we had some great players. There was Joe Corrigan, a uh, goalkeeper no, at that time? No, not yet. No? no, the goalkeeper was a certain Kenny Malkern. Okay. Who didn't last long after that. Before my time. But uh, we had uh, three great forwards, Colin Bell, Francis Lee and Mike Summerby. The legend that is Mike Summerby. I love that man. Yes. And Mike Summerby you can still see a lot of. I see, yeah. I actually met him uh, last autumn when I went to see City against Brighton. He was there, all right? Yeah. So we had a little chat about old times. Yeah, it was a great day. He's out. a legend. He's yeah. a legend. And um, so that was way back. And you stayed loyal. Have you been? Did you used to go to Main Road? I went to Main Road twice. And I went to Old Trafford twice. When oh no, City were the playing. red side. Oh yeah. Yeah? The, I went to Old Trafford and we won both times. Oh, well you must have been the lucky charm then. Yeah, then I knew a certain lady who was a United supporter. Yeah. So we took a few trips together. Okay. And they and always worked in my favour, I must say. <laughs> well, on the two occasions we went. So, <laughs> they yeah. did. That was the Manchester derby, obviously. And um, who, who was the manager of United at that time? Can you remember? Well, the second time was the day when United were relegated. Ah, yes. And uh, it was a certain Dennis Law who scored the oh, goal. I love, oh, I love that Dennis sent Law. them down. Yeah. Dennis Law had returned to Manchester City at that stage. The manager of United was Tommy Doherty. Oh, wow. That year. But uh, it's, it's an oversimplification to say that it was Dennis Law's goal that sent him down. Okay, they why? Were, they were down anyway, I think, arithmetically. And that was simply the icing on the cake. Anyway, I have nothing against United, really. I, um, I don't mind them at all now. Um, as a City supporter, Nick, are you meant to say that? Because you're either red or you're blue? No, I'm definitely blue, but... Uh, you know, I don't have the antipathy that I once did against Manchester United. I've transferred my antipathy to Liverpool now. Okay, okay, like a lot of Manchester City That's fans. Right, yeah. um, so you stayed loyal. You you found Manchester City when you were in Greece. You've been to the main road. Have you been to the Etihad Stadium to watch him play? I'm ashamed to say I've only been to the... I've only had the stadium tour at the Etihad. Oh, right. You've you never seen them live. I've play. never seen them play live at the Etihad. Can I ask you why, Nick? Why is that? Because it has been too difficult uh, getting there. It, uh, the last time I attempted it was thanks to my daughter, who is working for a company that has a sponsorship deal yeah. with City, and they gave us the opportunity of visiting uh, a home game with Everton at the time. But then I discovered they'd moved the time oh. from 3 o'clock to 2 o'clock. And it's difficult to get there for 2 o'clock. Yeah. You can just about make it for 3 o'clock. So that's how we ended up enjoying the hospitality at Brighton instead. <laughs> so no, I have not been to the Etihad. And as a result of that, I don't have enough loyalty points oh, to yeah. be in a way 
to qualify for away tickets. Yeah, City Not are very... even with the benefit of my friendship with Carol here. I know, it, I know. Uh, it doesn't... Well, even as a citizen, which I am, citizen member, you can't get away match tickets. So it's very difficult for me as well. But just to relate to what you said about, you said about it's very difficult to get to see City play. Now, I know there's a lot of City supporters out there that do not live in Manchester and it's quite expensive to go and see City play at the moment, 50, 60 quid for a home ticket. Um, so what do you, can I ask you to explain a little bit more in depth what you mean when it's, you said it's difficult to go and see City? Is it the travelling? Is it the expense? It is mainly the travelling. Right. Although if you add up all the costs, I mean, the train fare isn't what it should be. Well, it's so about £95. Pounds. It's expensive. Yeah. And then the, the effort of uh, making the arrangements and being there in time. Yeah. It's a little beyond the likes of me. Well, I'm I sure... have to remind you of my advancing years, unfortunately. <laughs> You're young at heart, Nick. You're young at heart. But it's, it's, you know, it's all those factors. And I'm sure a lot of City supporters who are, come from London, it's difficult for them to get there. It's not easy, you know. Um, so and then you wouldn't go alone. You would have to arrange with one other person. Well, why not go alone? I go to all my city matches on my own. Yeah, but you are from Manchester and, you know, you identify with the place rather more. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, no, if I went on a trip like that, I would like to go with another person. So then you have to think of the convenience of that other person and the expense for the two of you together. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Have you ever thought of actually being a, a season card holder or joining a membership? So, Well, I have a card of some kind. Okay. Dating back to the season 2011-2012. Yeah. And I'm no longer sure what it means. I have a supporter number yeah. for what that is worth. And uh, whenever I go into the website or I, I contemplate buying a ticket, yeah. they will ask for my number and it works. And my daughter has a number as well. I mean, she's not really into football, but... <laughs> you drag her along. Yeah, so yeah. we have all that. But uh, no, I, I would prefer to to go on an away match. Okay. Somewhere specifically, near. Specifically in London? Or would you well, travel to go to City I play? would travel a reasonable distance. Would you travel to Birmingham? Before the segregation came in, I used to go and watch City and being the home crowd because invariably there will be a few of us in the home crowd yeah so it wasn't such an isolated lonely experience with the segregation i no longer feel like being among opponents among enemies okay i feel i take it personally at this stage is that because you feel um you don't feel as safety conscious no it's not that it's, well i haven't i haven't done it for a while to know how safe or unsafe i feel yeah i just don't like the idea of a hostile crowd all around me yeah. i yeah. know i would stand out in a way that you didn't used to pre-segregation you would go along it was standing i never had any problem i could scream as much as i wanted nobody took any exception yeah and I have to remind you here that the way we Continental celebrate our goals is different in, from in what, what you do. In what respect? So basically, you shout goal and you raise your arms and 
<laughs> Whereas in this country, it's more like a yes. Than yes. A, yeah. Yes, yes it is. So I, you do stand out. Yeah. You do stand out. I know. But I'm despite a, that, I never had any difficult, any problem. I never felt out of place. And I have to say that you, um, every time I've seen you, you wear your top and you wear your scarf proudly, your city um, top. And do you think that makes you stand out as well? to the opponent because yeah, you're actually it does, wearing... Yeah, and I do it deliberately because <laughs> I know that we don't have as big a fan base as the likes of Liverpool uh, uh, or sorry, Manchester sorry, United. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know this is a conversation, but I can say to you as well, I think we actually have a more bigger and international fan base in Liverpool. Oh, well, maybe, uh, but around here, around the pubs where you go, it's full of Liverpool support. In, in London, yeah. let's just stress where we are, yeah. And uh, I think I know where that comes from. It's the Irish connection, the history of Liverpool as a city and all that. It's understandable. So I put on my colours just to remind people that we're here. But do you not, do you not feel um, in any way that if they see you in this, like we were in the pub today and we, apart from us, there's probably another two city supporters. Do you feel that because... Do you, do you may feel intimidated? No, I don't feel intimidated. Okay. I feel annoyed, perhaps. But then I'm there to annoy them as well. Yeah. Well, so. precisely. When we watched the match, I was swinging my scarf purposely. But there was a guy who was very annoying, who, I don't know if he was a Liverpool supporter or Manchester United, who kept, I think he was a Liverpool supporter, who he came up to me. was wearing a Liverpool cap. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. No. Who kept coming up. Well, not, not that one, the one towards the end, who came up oh, no, and started yeah, saying, well, Liverpool have won the, going to win the FA Cup in Champions League. Deliberately go to me, yeah? Deliberately go to me as Manchester City had just won. Now, I don't think he intimidated me, but he was annoying to me. Do you not yeah, find people like that annoying? Yeah, it was a bit provocative, I suppose. But uh, on the other hand, they were disappointed. So I, I would give it to them. They're entitled to show their disappointment. They're entitled... But by goading City fans? Yeah. Would you do that? Up to a point. I would. I mean, by putting on my colors, I'm being provocative and del <laughs> deliberately so. Yeah. I wouldn't take it much further than that. Yeah. Because after all, I might regret it. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. But uh, a certain amount of goading is in the spirit of the game. I suppose. Spirit of and banter. Banter and yeah. healthy rivalry. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. So and I, I would say Liverpool are a great team. And a they great are. Club. I think I think Klopp is a great manager. I have to give credit where credit's due. And I think when the fighting spirit comes, Liverpool do get stuck deep. I don't know, so let's let me not go on about City at the moment. Um, we'll go we'll go on to there. So you've watched City play for a lot of years. Who do you think, including or I don't know what to say, excluding Pep Guardiola, who do you think was our, one of our best managers? Well, there were some good ones. Um... I think Joe Mercer of that 68 championship was a very underrated Manchester yeah. manager. And um, People like, do we, we have uh, Joe Royal? Well, they, they just finished with Mercer, he left 
a year or two after and uh, Malcolm Allison remained in sole control. Yeah. I didn't think too much of Malcolm Allison. I think he was a bit superficial and, you know, didn't cover... In, in what respect, superficial? Well, in every respect, really. I you mean, just thought about the, the money side of it? or no, well, Who no, didn't have money he, then? He, he was overconfident. He didn't plan things properly. He, he didn't really know where he was at. I mean, he had a certain enthusiasm that carried over, but they never won anything with him. Anyway, and after that, there was a series of people that uh, younger supporters may not remember. Um, Remind us. Well, if, if we come back to the more recent period, I would say that Mancini was a good manager, 100%. although underrated and an abrasive character in some ways, but he has some qualities. Yeah. And for bringing the team into the into the era of trophies. He did a good job uh, for the period he was there. And Pellegrini wasn't bad either. They all contributed. They all contributed in a in an unspectacular way perhaps, but in a solid way. Yeah. To what we have now. And what we have now is uh, a rather fancy team. But manager wise Manager-wise, what do you think about Pep Guardiola? Well, I must say I, I have some doubts about his methods. Okay, people say he's one of the best football managers in the world. He must be. No. Because his record speaks for itself. But equally, because we tend to f fall short in the big head-to-heads, there's obviously something missing. And, and what, I, what, what is that, Nick? What is missing is the character to... And, and today's game was uncharacteristic because we did dig ourselves out of a big hole. Yeah. But you know, on other occasions we don't do that. We go behind and we don't know how to get, to get on top. Do you think that's the difference between us and Liverpool? And yes, like Liverpool? I, I think absolutely so. Liverpool and Manchester United, when they were good not so long ago, they knew how to win games how to dig themselves out of difficulty in a way that we have yet to learn to and today was the exception and I'm very pleased <laughs> about God. that I've Thank been proved God. wrong or if we had lost today I would be coming here to say yes I told you so we're no good at this sort of thing yeah so I'm delighted to have been proved wrong yeah. I still don't think that this possession game without a proper center forward and some players playing out of their natural position. I'm not convinced that this is the best way to play football. I've seen a lot of games where we had a lot of possession and yeah. didn't win. And I'm sure the players themselves will be as frustrated as ourselves fans watching it. But do you not feel, do you not feel that as Pep Guardiola, as, your, as a manager, that he's able to ask that of his team and they should just be able to produce? Yes, and, and to a very large extent, they, they have. Yeah, they have produced. Yeah? They have, yeah, they have produced. Yeah. Sorry, um, yeah. sorry, listeners, we're just moving slightly because there's um, a lot of background noise. Yeah. So, yeah, so Pep Guardiola, you feel that he should be able to... I think he should play a more orthodox game. Yeah. Go on, it's okay. You should be able to pay. Uh, a more 
Shall we? Mm. Yeah. This is the thing of being in a park. We're just actually moving slightly because there's a lot of background noise. So just bear with us. <laughs> I will ask Nick that question again once we move to another section. Yeah, basically, what worries me is that uh, we have a lot of possession. We're vulnerable to the counter-attack. Yeah. Especially when we play as defenders, uh, players whose natural position is not to be in defense. Yeah. Like Fernandinho. For, for well, example. I was going to say, for example, yeah, Fernandinho is one. Zizchenko is another. Would um, Gab yeah. Gabi? No, Gabi is a forward. He's okay where he is. Yeah. It. Um, I mean, I have no problem with a forward line. Even though we don't have an orthodox center forward, do we need do we need a striker? Oh yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Um, we've just signed. Is it Erling? Haaland. Haaland, yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think that's a good signing? Or do you think, think Pep could have gone for somewhere else? No, I think that is a good signing, and um, obviously they'll need to adjust to play with a focal yeah. <coughs> striker up front. And I don't know how long this adjustment may need to take. Do you think... Go on, sorry. Yes, it's... Uh, well, I mean, we should have done it last year. Well, I mean, would you prefer um, Haaland to Kane? I uh, mean, because this, this has been going on this, for a while with City point, trying to buy. At this point, I would prefer Haaland because he's younger. He has further to go. Whereas Kane is already at his peak. Right. And uh, I'm not sure that Kane would have functioned as well in the north. Uh, as you don't... You, what, yeah. being in Manchester? Yeah. You, you think that makes a huge difference I, I to a footballer? I think it makes a lot of difference. No, maybe not. After all, because be I think they people can are coming adjust. from abroad. Yes. And, yeah. I still think that a London-based player, and remember, he's London-born and bred. Yeah. He, he spent all his time <laughs> down here. Yeah. I somehow cannot imagine him settling in Manchester and being his best self. I um, <laughs> well, you know. Okay. You know you know some podcasts are controversial. I'm gonna be controversial now because I'm from Manchester. And do I take offense to what you just said, Nick? Can well, you I hope can you not. Can, no I look, I'm very easygoing, but what can you? I don't understand well, that, I'm not that statement. Okay, I don't understand that statement because what's the difference between London and Manchester for a footballer? The difference for me, yeah, is that the weather is a lot worse in Manchester, and if you <laughs> don't like rain as I don't, okay, then I can imagine life being difficult. Okay, and I'm not the only person who is of that view. No, that's true. There's footballers who must hate playing so much. Yeah. In the rain. Yeah. And it possibly... What's that? No. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, keys. Okay. Yeah. They, sorry, uh, no, we're in the I park, guys. I sometimes feel sorry for them having to play in the rain. Okay, but I think that's a very... Um, and, and we're not going to have an argument because you and I are friends, so we're not. But I have to, I have to say... I think that's a very controversial and very 
slightly ignorant comments that yeah. you made. Well, I hope so. <laughs> you hope so? Because I, how can, I mean, how I can hope you... I'm wrong. How can you make the comment that, okay, Manchester is known for rain, yeah? And it is. But also, we have rain in London. You can't make that assumption no, or no, that it's comment. It's not an assumption. People who have lived there tell I'm me born the weather is a lot worse. I'm born and bred there. The weather is bad, Nick, but you can't make the comment. Okay, so I remember when Gabrielle Jesus and Fernandinho and Edison came from... And Robinho. Yeah, and they came from Brazil. And they said, oh, we love it, but we, we wish the weather was better. So I understand what you're saying, but... You're making an assumption about an English player, Harry Kane, that was born and bred in the UK. What difference should it make? Well, I don't know. It would make, to the extent that the weather is different, it would make a difference. But I'm, I'll make another point to you. Go on. There are times when it rains very heavily in Manchester and they are playing. And I reckon that that should work to our advantage. Okay. Because our opponents, coming from anywhere south of Manchester, will find it more difficult in the rain. So I welcome rainy games because it increases the probability of us winning. Okay, that's a, that's a positive point. That's a positive point, I like that. But I still have taken quite offense, I must admit, to what your comments about the weather in Manchester. Even though I put my hand up and people can't see me doing it because we're doing a podcast, that we do have extreme rain in Manchester, but I suppose it's because someone outside of Manchester is kind of knocking Manchester with the weather a bit. Yeah, we're very hardcore as Mancunians. We don't really like when it. I we was, can say it, but maybe not someone else. When I was a student, I went to Manchester once with my Oxford college to support the University Challenge team. And while on the bus, I asked somebody, is there anything picturesque around here to see in Manchester? And the guy runs and said, hey, you must be joking. I think, I'm going, I, think, I think I'm slowly going off you, Nick, right at this moment. I actually thought you were quite cool and quite a nice person. Um, but I'm actually going off you because you're saying we have, can I just quote to anyone who's listening to this? Because I know I get listeners across the board in Australia and other places internationally. If you are ever in the UK, please go and visit Manchester because we do have beautiful things. We have the Football Museum, we have the Science Museum, and we have beautiful parks and places to go and see. Thank you. Moving on swiftly. No, I will let sit because those days, another thing about Manchester and Glasgow and all of these places was that they hadn't yet cleaned the buildings. Okay. And there was a general... You know, but can I say, for someone who's not visited Manchester recently, that I don't think you have a leg to stand on with what you're saying, because things have changed dramatically in Manchester. Manchester is... I'm talking about 1960-something. Yeah. So it's, it's changed okay. dramatically. I think you No, but I've been. I was there 10 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago. And, and did you see anywhere apart from the Etihad? Yes. Old Trafford. Okay, <laughs> two football grounds, which is great because Manchester's I've known for that. I've seen Piccadilly Gardens. Okay, but did you see anywhere else? Because we yeah, have beautiful we went places. to Bolton. But and that's back. a little place outside of Manchester, Nick. Actually, we went on the bus and we came back on the same bus. 
Okay. And because there was no time to do anything, and the conductor said something like, what was the point of coming out and going straight back? I think, before I fall out with you on this podcast, that you need to have another trip to Manchester and see the beautiful places that Manchester's got. We've got Cheshire, we've got Alderley Edge, we have, we have apart from the biggest football teams, and I say Manchester City and Manchester United included, we have beautiful places. As I said, we have lots of museums, we have lots of architecture, and I think you need to go back. Yes, we and went we ha- to a museum we have, the, well. we have the Royal Exchange Theatre, we have the Contact Theatre. I could go on. I'm sure you can. Yeah. And yeah. I look forward to an opportunity. Maybe I can go with you one one day. I will show you the beautiful places of Manchester apart from our football stadiums. Now back to Manchester City. Um, I would say, who do you think has been the the greatest football player of City so far? Well, I would single out two. One is Colin Bell. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, you know. De Bruyne is the modern incarnation of Colin Bell. Yeah. They're very similar players. A lot of people are saying that at the moment. But yet he didn't work in Chelsea. De Bruyne didn't work in Chelsea. No, he didn't work in Chelsea. Why do you think that is? I don't know. And neither did Salah, by the way. Oh, yes, that's true. That's a true No, it takes time and you find your best self wherever you do and that can be anywhere. And... um, I'm pleased that he, both of them, the Bruyne in particular, reached his peak at Manchester City. Well done. Um, and it seems like he's going to stay with us, which is a great thing. Yeah, um, I hope so. Sergio, would you rate Sergio as one of our greatest city players? Yes. Uh, I pronounce him Sergio, by the way, which okay. is the correct pronunciation, but never mind that. <laughs> it's okay, I don't mind <laughs> you picking me up. And, uh, yeah, and, I mean, um, the goal scorer. Uh, Sergio, yeah, it was great. He was more limited as a player compared with De Bruyne and compared with uh, Bernardo Silva, okay. Ilkay Gundogan. Yeah, the legend today. I mean, these are the kind of players I would single out. The year when De Bruyne was injured almost for the whole season, yeah, Bernardo Silva was the player of the year. Definitely. And I would say that this year, this year just gone, he wasn't far off it. But I would say, for me, Kevin De Bruyne, as he won an award yesterday, player of of the year, definitely of the season, definitely was Kevin De Bruyne. But as you say, Bernardo, I've I've been a huge fan of Bernardo Silva since he came to the club. And people were knocking him, saying, oh, it's not that good, why have they bought... I've been a huge supporter, I've had a lot of faith, and I think Bernardo Silva actually brings a lot to the team of Manchester City. Yeah, I he's a great, a great player. I like Rodri as well. Yeah, I do. I, I wasn't so... I think Rodri's a, um, a really good player. I wasn't so keen on Cancelo, I must admit. And I wasn't keen on him at the beginning. I don't think he worked hard. I don't think he, he actually... I think he came to City for the money. Sorry if I'm wrong. Um, and then there were rumours that he wanted to leave after the first or second season. And then things changed around. Were you a fan of Cancelo? Cancelo, you have to remember, played for two great Italian teams, Inter and Juventus. And he didn't settle in either of those. It was very unlikely that he was going to settle at Manchester City right away. 
Okay. And he didn't for the first year. Yeah. But then, like others, he found his best self there. And that was a very pleasing thing to to see. But you just made a point, which I didn't know, that he didn't settle at Inter and what was Juventus. Juventus. So do you think it's a, a player problem? Do you think it's a problem with oh, Cancelo? I don't know. I think it is more like at Inter, the problem was Inter because much as I love Inter, they're not an easy place to work. Yeah. Juventus is easier for bringing the best out of players. So I don't really know what happened. Cancelo is a fullback, but he's an, he's an attacking fullback. And like any attacking fullback, he can leave himself and the team exposed at the back. Yeah. And the fact that he had to play left when he's a natural right winger, right sided player, that didn't help. So, anyway, I'm glad he was able to make a connection with yeah. Guardiola's system. Yeah, I was. Partly well. because uh, there was room for him there when um, others were unavailable. Yeah. And so, I, think, I think he actually had the same kind of thing of, like you, Nick. He wasn't that keen on Manchester, should we say, when he first came? Well, I you know. don't know. It's no, I, I, I did hear that, that he wasn't keen on Manchester in the city itself, as well as the football team. But where I had credit for him was the day, the day before a match, he got, I think he got robbed in his house, um, him and his wife. Yeah, and then he went and on to play. And then he went to play. And I think credit where all credit's due. Yeah, if that yeah, was yeah. any other player, Absolutely. you would say that, you know, it's yeah. too traumatic. So credit where credit's due, I, I, um, I really admire him for that. And yeah, I admire yeah. him that now he's settled in the team. I feel he's really settled. Um, who would you say that was a waste of our money? It could be current team now. I wouldn't say anybody was a complete waste of money. I think they're all good players. Even if they're, 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 they're not diplomatic. used. No, I, I really believe that. I mean, obviously I would not myself have chosen to buy Jack Grealish for a hundred million. Hey, hey, me that too. doesn't mean he's a bad player. It means that there were other needs that had to be seen to first. I'm sure he will be better next year. Okay, but sorry, Nick, can I just jump in and ask you? You said that, you know, he's a good player. Sometimes people are good players with the team that they were previously with, and they just don't shine at Manchester City. Well, he hasn't, and I think he Jack hasn't is, shown is this one year, of those. But I, I would still say it is now becoming established that the first year at Manchester City is a difficult one, a year of adjustment. As why? 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 Because yeah. it may have to do with this possession football, this alternation of positions, this uh, alternation in and out of the team, the Guardiola method, to put it uh, succinctly. So everybody seems to have a, to need a fairly lengthy period of adjustment. So I'm sure Grealish will be better next year, but he was a, a big fish in a small pond at uh, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah. At Manchester City, he's playing in a different role. And he has been largely marginalized. Because when you have De Bruyne and Bernardo who's Silva, who's world class. Uh, people like that in the team, you don't need another player like that. No. Okay. So why did we buy him then? Well, you, you, you have to ask Pep that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you as a fan. I don't know. Why did we buy him? If we didn't need him, we well, didn't necessarily basic, need him. I think the problem is, and this is where I have difficulty with Guardiola, he buys the same type of player. Grealish is only one instance of that same phenomenon. 
of he buying was, more and said. more midfielders, attacking midfielders, yeah. at the expense of perhaps holding midfielders, fullbacks, genuine fullbacks, and a genuine striker that we haven't had. You, you don't, you don't think Gabriel Jesus is a oh, genuine yeah, striker? Oh, I think he is, but he's the only one. And there are and times Phil, when Phil they, Foden. Phil Foden is really an attacking midfielder as opposed to an out-and-out -out striker. The only out-out and strikers that we've had in recent years are Sergio Aguero and uh, Gabriel Jesus. Now, both of them can be closed out depending on who the defense are, and they can have some very ineffective games. Yeah. All center forwards are like that. Gabriel Jesus is a, is a fantastic center forward, he and he's versatile enough to play on the wings. So I very much hope they keep him. And I'm worried about all this talk about Silva leaving, Gundogan leaving, yeah. Jesus yeah. leaving. Yeah. Because it's no use getting one player like Haaland and losing the but, likes but of the players that I've mentioned. But you're quite rightly said that's who they, there have been whispers that definitely Gabby, people abroad want to well, buy I would Well, I would be very sorry to see that. And Bernardo. I think Bernardo, Bernardo has said that his one regret was that. Um, he didn't play enough for Benfica well, he and he always wants to play, he does want to play for Benfica yeah, again. Well, it's just a nostalgia thing and who knows, he may be another one of those who don't like the rain and all that sort of thing. No, he loves Manchester. He loves I, can, Manchester. I can actually say that, yeah. But there were others who found it difficult with yeah. the lockdown. Yeah, they did. And uh, we lost Ferran Torres, who is a, was a developing fantastic. forward. He's a fantastic talent. I don't know why um, Pep got rid of him. Um, Garcia the, was another one see, that went he away. got rid of them because they wanted to leave. Not always, not always, Nick. I don't believe that. I think, I think, because I think some of the time it's because Pep's not playing. I think Torres went because Pep wasn't playing him enough. Yeah. If Pep was playing Torres enough, Torres would have stayed. It's got nothing but to do with. But he would have played more if he hadn't been injured. He was injured yeah, early then, in the season and then he left. Okay, we're going to have an argument now because Torres, for me, Pep was, he has his first team that he plays all the time and his second team. He wasn't playing Torres. He wasn't playing, even when he, was, when he wasn't injured, he wasn't playing Torres. He would play, he had his preference. Yeah, player. but you don't know. He might have played him because he was coming into his own. He was scoring more regularly. Torres, I mean, he was a player who either shone and scored goals in a match or he couldn't get into the game at all. It yeah. was like that. Okay. So he had some dry games. And but they all have dry But if, games. He, if he hadn't been injured, yeah. he would have played more, I'm sure. No, I, I, I disagree. It seems like we're going to agree to disagree. I feel that Pep didn't play him enough and that's why he went. I really do. And, and yet, then we had players that for me, and I'm really sorry to say I actually told him when they came to London one time, Mangala. We held on to Mangala for ages. He wasn't a good player. He didn't fit in with the Manchester City team, but Pep would not sell him. Why are we holding on to players that don't fit into the team? They're not I don't, I contributing. Don't think they could sell They're not contributing. They sold Mangala eventually. And then yeah, but he saying, wasn't he's easy a young, to sell. He's I, a young player. I mean, oh, I, have, yeah, you yeah, have time. Yeah. Age, Phil Foden is a young player. Yeah, but listen, he's, listen, Carol. It, 
a player like Mangala. I mean, he, he was young when he, he was arrived. Young, yeah. And it is always possible. If you, if you make an investment in a player and it doesn't work out straight away, and you sell them at a time when they are not playing well, yeah. obviously you're making a loss. If you hang in there and help them to develop, help them to find their way in the team, then you may see some return on your investment. That's why a precipitate sale isn't always a good idea. It's not a good way of spending Well, shouldn't money. you get rid of them as a free transfer then? Mangala should have gone as a free transfer a long time ago. Yeah, but a free transfer only arises when they've run out their contract. And uh, when, when you take on a player on a four-year contract, basically you have to pay them for four years unless you find somebody else yeah. to pay them the same wages. Otherwise, they won't leave. So basically, you cannot get rid of players that easily and you're better off trying to develop them. The only ones that are easier to get rid of are those who want to leave themselves. Okay, well, for instance, we just watched Manchester City, Manchester City win the Premiership. I'm going to throw the dice in. You're saying about that. We had a player who was, to me, who was a true blue, who went for a free transfer to Liverpool. Yes, he's an older player. He's still playing. James Milner. Yeah. Talent. Pep didn't want him. He's uh, ageist. I think Pep is ageist. Yeah, but uh, Milner left before Pep. Just be Was it just before Pep? Yeah. So it wasn't Pep that didn't want Okay. But Pep doesn't play older players. But for instance, the legend, and I call him a legend, you may disagree, tell me if you do, Joe Hart was a legend at City. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. came, yeah, he I didn't was, mix uh, well, with Pep Guardiola, I was they didn't get on. Sympathetic. Pep ruined, Joe I'm sorry, Hart. I have to get this out. Pep, to me, ruined Joe Hart's career because he made him feel, this is my assumptions, I may be wrong, inadequate. He always chose other goalkeepers, Bravo, Claudio Bravo, to Joe Hart. Joe Hart's career has gone down to the, I mean, I think it's getting better yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But he ruined Joe Hart's career. Well, the truth is Joe Hart has some very poor games with City and with England. Yeah at the end of 2016. But basically, Guardiola is looking for goalkeepers who can play with their feet. And people like that, you can say, are only partly goalkeepers and partly something else. You're trying to get an extra player out of that kind of Well, deal. he, sorry, Dick, he got Bravo. And God forbid, I'm sorry, for me, Bravo was a waste of money. He yeah. didn't, he didn't, he did not, he, I he don't wasn't know was, what he you would call an orthodox goalkeeper making fantastic no, point-blank saves. And he came with, a, I'm sorry, an attitude, the arrogance. He came like, I'm the best goalkeeper. And he didn't. He got replaced by Edison, which I actually think is a, is a great Edison and Bravo are the same kind no, of goalkeepers. No, to me, no. Well, maybe, but they're not orthodox goalkeepers because... Guardiola attaches as much importance to their ability to play passes with their feet as to their ability to make orthodox saves. And we've seen time and time again that in, in situations where you need a goalkeeper to make a really telling save, mm -hmm. these kinds of goalkeepers are not going to give you that. And what about Zach? He's our second goalkeeper. Well, again, the same. I mean, and the poor man 
hasn't had a chance to play. I, I don't really know how good Zach is. Because but he's played all in the FA Cups. Yeah, he's played in the Cups. FA Cups and he's not enough. But Scott Carson has played one game and he was... Oh, yeah, um, yeah, Scott is an older player and um, I mean, uh, I don't think anybody... So why did we buy him then? To make him play just in one game? I don't know, Carol. <laughs> you are not Pep Guardiola. <laughs> I have no idea what uh, goes on in Pep's mind. But uh, there comes a point when you need a goalkeeper to make a telling save. Yeah. And somehow I feel that when we're found exposed at the back, the goalkeepers in the Guardiola style are not going to make that save for you. You really believe that? Yeah. I believe Do you think we need to change um, change goalkeepers, or are I you happy we, with Edison? I would Edison? happy with a sort of uh, enable replacement in there. Yeah. An enable addition, okay, to provide competition. I think the phrase is, in reality, if we are playing a game in defence. I will say it openly, I don't think Ederson is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Okay. He won the Golden Boot last year, season. What's that? I mean, last year was the same as this year, more or less. But he won the Golden Boot. Okay. So. The Golden Boot for a goalkeeper, yeah. was it? Um, Golden Glove, sorry. Golden correct glove. me, correct me. Yeah. Golden Glove, he won the Golden Glove last season. I, let's put it this way, I don't remember Ederson or Bravo or any of these type of goalkeepers making any outstanding saves that anybody will remember, okay? I disagree, okay. They play well, they do their do work, they, they commit some blunders, like they open the ball with their feet and sometimes inviting a challenge. Yes, like today. Like to, to, Where did that Edison happen to went today? well away from the goal. Yeah, well, you know, that happens quite regularly, really, if one is honest. And I'm used to seeing goalkeepers making spectacular saves. Who would so, you say is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment, then? I haven't, I haven't given it much thought. But what I, about the Liverpool one? I would say, I, I think Alisson is better than Ederson. Uh, only because in recent times he has learned to play more like what I call an orthodox goalkeeper. Okay. I, I don't think he's the best in the league because I, there are people like Nick Pope. I think uh, the Everton man. Yeah, he's is not our bad. England. He's our England goalkeeper. I forget his name now. Come on. Oh no, I, I, I forgot his name as well. It's not just your, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, uh, and I, think, I think Lloris like... is, not, is a good goalkeeper. What about David De Gea? Yes, David De Gea is a good goalkeeper. He's let down by a poor defence. Yeah. I just remembered his name. Is it Nick Pickford? Uh, Nick Pickford? No, it's not, it's not Nick okay. Pickford. It, it is Pickford, Pickford, isn't it? Yeah. Gordon. Yeah. Not Gordon Pickford. But, anyway. but, yeah, but Pickford is, is a good goalkeeper. Okay, so, you know, we're actually coming to the end. It's like 10 minutes of this podcast left. Uh-huh. And um, you give me a lot of information I would ask you, who is the most underrated player in the Manchester City team, present 2022? Who's the most underrated, would you think? Twenty uh, 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 uh. two, did you say? Well, yeah, can I is... remind you that as in recent months we haven't had twenty two players. We've had no, eight... sorry, two thousand and twenty two. Oh, this season. 
Anyway, there are only 18 players left in the books. Who's the most underrated? Please don't be a politician the and go around. The most underrated player? <laughs> I can't think of... I would look in the direction of those who are forced to play outside their natural positions. Like who? Please don't and be a one of them is Zizenko. Okay. Who is an excellent midfielder? He's not a I left disagree. back. Okay. I don't think. We, I think we should sell to Jusenko. Well, maybe, sorry. but uh, no, I don't think we should sell him until we get not only one replacement but possibly two or three. Okay. Because, as I say, we're down to 18 players. Where Liverpool had a full complement of 22, yeah. and that has been the difference in recent weeks. So you think Jusenko is underrated? It is. Anyone else? He's underrated. Um, well, people are, people are beginning to underrate Gabriel Jesus, to my surprise, because I would rate him very highly. Um, I think the others, quite frankly, are in danger of being overrated. They're all very good players. Very, yeah. But sometimes... Some of their weaknesses have been overlooked. Like John Stones make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and they pick up on that a lot. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Walker. Walker. Yeah. All the defenders. Laporte has been And I, a think, solid... I think he's a very good defender. Yeah. But they all as have well their moments. And they are all vulnerable. Whenever, let's put it this way. We keep possession. Whenever the opposition counter-attack, I get the jitters. Yeah. I see these enormous gaps. I see Ederson trying to come out and play like another fullback. Yes. And it's not the football that I have got used to seeing and yeah. I've got used to looking for. Okay, can I tell you my underrated one? Sure. Um, Ilkay Gundogan. I think he's a class player. I don't think he gets the credit that he should get. I don't think he's get. underrated though. I think he is. He should get. He should be getting as much. Especially praise. after today. Well, especially after today, but he should be getting as much praise as like Kevin De Bruyne does, and he doesn't. I don't feel he does. That's my opinion. Um, I think he probably will after today. I think he will after today, <laughs> um, but I think he doesn't get as much praise as he should do. I also think um, they give a lot of stick to Raheem Sterling. I'm not saying he's underrated. I think he gets a lot of stick from the fans. One minute they love him, then they hate him. Well, he's there have been players. times when he has been overrated, as well as underrated. Yeah. He's a solid player, Very but he so. has his moments. Yeah. There are times when he's ineffective. There are times when Foden is ineffective. Any of them can be ineffective. If they run into somebody who will mark them closely, or if, you're, if they run into a system where they have more than one person on them. Yeah. They will all not perform to any good, to any, to any, to any effect. Yeah. So, you know, we can look at these players and say they had a bad game and then another bad game. And I'm beginning to say they're not all that good yeah. when they are. They, they are. I say they're all good players. The problem we had this year is that we were left with only 18 yeah. Chasing four titles, and uh, out of those 18, there was a good percentage who were injured at any moment in time. Definitely. We're coming very much to the end, so I have to ask you 
For me, one question, well, a few questions, but one question in particular. You support Manchester City men's. Do you also support the ladies? Yes, of course. And the EDS, the younger ones? Yes, I support all of these aspects of the club. Okay. I wish it well, and I think this whole project of regenerating the eastern side of Manchester has been a very worthwhile one. Which is city and community, yeah. which they're doing a fantastic thing. In bit. that sense, I, I value that project more than the Chelsea one, for example, because we all know Chelsea is a wealthy area and it didn't need to become no. any more distinguished, whereas somebody going to Manchester to do this they a did. Great idea. Um, do you feel? Do you feel that there's this saying called "glory hunters," that people have just started to support Manchester City since we got the money, the Arabs' money? Do you agree with that? Are you? You're obviously not a glory hunter because you supported them from way no, back. No, I mean, as I, somebody said to me once, "You are only allowed to be a Man City supporter if you were a Man City supporter before." Yeah. I said, well, my credentials are impeccable, I've always been. But I, I mean, all of this business of wealthy individuals, states, companies going into sport, either for the glory or to make more money, yeah. or for reasons best known to themselves, vanity, I don't know. They're all dubious motives, uh, but um, somehow they should not be allowed to undermine people's enjoyment of the game. Yeah, which it's is a, a great game. beautiful game. And if some people are too interested in it or interested in it for the wrong reasons, then that is regrettable. Yeah. I don't particularly like the regimes in the Gulf or uh, in Russia or anywhere where these people are coming from. Yeah. And I also have doubts about the motives of the American owners of other clubs who are there either to, uh, for reasons that I don't entirely understand. Yeah. Um, no, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have their own reasons, and uh, some of them are not reasons that you would want to particularly identify with. But, you know, if the game has been infiltrated by people with suspect motives, yeah. it doesn't mean that the rest of us shouldn't enjoy it for what it is. And as we all know, Carol, it's a very important part of our life. It's a major important part of my life. Maybe it shouldn't be. Yeah. And after the suffering of the last few weeks, maybe I'll try to cool down a little bit, speaking personally. Definitely. And not become so involved uh, from now on. Yeah. We Can have... I, go on. I was just going to say, um, you know, even though I don't think Shinchenko is a fantastic player, I admire him as well because all that's going on in Ukraine at the moment with the war, you know, he's carried on being focused and playing his football and that's probably kept him structured really. So I do admire him for doing that with all the, you know, his family and things that are going on in Ukraine. I do admire him. We're coming to the end. Um, I'd like to ask you about the young players like Phil Foden. Do you think City are actually bringing young players from the academy? Do you think they should be bringing more young players from the academy? I think they should because, as we have seen with Foden and a few others, um, there's some good material there. And it is better to grow players locally. They will have fewer problems of adjustment, obviously. 
And it's a very expensive business bringing in somebody from abroad, that's 60 million or whatever it is, and then discovering that they have difficulty adjusting and you bring them on a long contract and then you have to pay them for the length of that contract. These are obvious difficulties. Obviously, you cannot win championships with teams of youngsters. Yeah. But they have to be introduced gradually. And the chances are that you will miss one or two or three along the way, like we did with Jason yeah. uh, Sancho and possibly others. Garcia? No, I would like to see who? Garcia. Yeah, Garcia isn't yeah. a local boy, of course. No, right? he's not a local boy, but he was academy. Oh, he was yeah, academy. he's an academy one. Well, there you are, you see, even academy. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Um, and also, because we're getting to the end, and we are at the end right now, one question, one word. Should Pep Guardiola stay or go? Well, I think... One you, word. I, I cannot possibly argue that a manager who has just who has won four out of the last, last six Premier Leagues should go. Mm-hmm. But I think the time is coming when he will go. Okay. And I think in a way it is time that we had somebody else with I hate to say this with more orthodox methods, you know. Okay. Okay. I I kind of agree. I think, you know, he's one of the best managers, not in the world, but one of the best managers. I think he's done a hell of a lot for City. I think the owners of City want us to win the Champions League, which hopefully we will. Um, And, but I think he's worked well. Can I just say the legends of City that are David Silva, who was an underrated player. He was a classic player. He was underrated. Um, and we have had, you know, Vincent Company, Sergio Aguero, Dezeco, many more. I'm sorry, Nick, but we're going to have to finish our conversation here. Well, it has been very enjoyable. And it's been very... Thank you so much for doing the podcast with me. <laughs> um, I dragged you literally from the pub um, to do this, and I really appreciate you doing it as a loyal Manchester City fan. Can we just say, what are your social media? Do you want to say any social media of yours? Well, I have, uh, my name is Nick Zafiris and I have a Twitter account. I'm very inactive. The rest of the time I, I write, I write stories and just written a novel, but uh, we won't go into that really. It, um, I'm a retired academic and football is my relaxation, if you call it relaxation, when you have the agonies we've been going through recently. So, uh, a warm greeting to all City supporters and uh, enjoy the summer. And uh, See you back in September. Yeah, I look forward to to a new season. See you you back in September. Thank you so much. Um, Please check out Nick's book when he writes it. I'm sure I'll be able to tell you what the title is and you'll be able to, um, to read it. My pen name is Nico Lobo. Like Lobo Wolf in Spanish. Okay. You're going to have to definitely check that out. So thank you for listening in. Um, And just let's say, Nick, today we won the Premier League 2022. Manchester City beat Aston Villa 3-2. And we are... 
Champions, 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 Thank you so much, listeners, for listening. Nick, thank you very much for being my thank guest. You, I really, really thank appreciate it. It's coming to the end, and I don't want to get cut off, but I'd like to say thank you very much to all the Manchester City supporters out there, all the fans, all the players, all the owners, the manager, um, and anyone who's listened to this podcast. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed my football season. I love football. I love Manchester City with a passion. I will see you all in September. Please take care. Stay blue. Manchester is blue today. Goodbye.